give you all honor and praise and glory, Heavenly Father, Lord God, this morning. For you are more than worthy to be praised and greatly to be praised. We thank you for your faithfulness and your love. We thank you for your love and kindness. We thank you for joy unspeakable, Lord God. We thank you for the joy that comes from you, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for all the wonderful things that you always do, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for leading us and guiding us and directing us. Thank you, Lord God, for blessing us, Lord God, with this worship service, Lord God, this morning. We're so grateful to be here. We're thankful for everyone that's gathered here this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for blessing us to see another day. For this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you, Lord God, that you are our strength, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are everything and are all in all, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And you brought us from a mighty long ways, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the good work that you've begun in us, Lord God. And we know that you're performing to the day of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For we, you are greatly to be praised, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God for the precious blood of the Lamb. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, Lord God, that was shed for us. And we thank you, Lord God, this morning, Lord God, that we are covered in the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the awesome, sinless, spotless Lamb of God. And we praise your holy name, Lord Jesus, for you are the light of the world, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your unfailing love and your faithfulness, Heavenly Father. And your glory fills the earth, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For you sit high and you reign over everything, Lord God. And we know that you're in control, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we are so blessed this morning, Lord God, to be in your holy presence, Lord God. We rejoice in you. The word say rejoice in you always, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we will always rejoice in you, Lord God, for all the wonderful things, Lord God, that you do in our lives, Lord God. All the wonderful things that you do for our families, Lord God. And we just bless your holy name this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God. The words the psalmist said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, Heavenly Father. And make a joyful shout unto the Lord, O ye lands, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For you are the great I am, Heavenly Father, Lord God, the beginning and the ending, the Alpha and Omega, the one who we worship, the one who we bow our knees to. The one we give glory and honor and praise. And we thank you, Lord God, for the Holy Spirit this morning. And we pray that the Holy Spirit will have his way and move freely among us, Lord God, and touch each and every one of us this morning, Lord God. And we will not leave the same way we came, Heavenly Father. And we will leave rejoicing you always, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your precious word this morning that's going to go forth powerfully, Lord God. And we thank you for the teachings of our pastor, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for filling her mouth this morning, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for the strength that she has in you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for your power anointing upon her, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for that word that you have put in her spirit this morning, Lord God. And we know that she's going to be obedient. And she's going to say what you say, tell her to say, have no father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're going to learn more about the Holy Spirit, have no father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for everyone this morning that's already here, Lord God, and those that may be joining us later, Lord God. And we pray that you keep your hands on each and every one, Lord God. Have your way in our lives, Lord God. Fill us and refill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord God. Continue to show us, Lord God, your will and your will be done, Heavenly Father, Lord God. 
And we thank you, Lord God, that you're always by our side, that you never leave us, you never forsaken us. And we know that we can always trust in you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for meeting every need, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you for healing, Lord God, in our bodies, Heavenly Father, Lord God. We thank you for your hedge protection, Lord God. And thank you for all your many provisions, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that someone that's online or coming online that needs to be saved will be saved, Heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord God. And we bind up all the assignments of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. That the enemy, Lord God, will no longer, Lord God, attack this ministry, Lord God, or the people of this ministry, Lord God, or yeah, all our families, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we bind up, Lord God, every lie of the enemy, Heavenly Father, Lord God. For we will listen to the voice of the good shepherd, Heavenly Father, this morning, and we will delight and we will follow you, Lord God, and listen to your voice, Heavenly Father, Lord God, because we know that the enemy is defeated, and you have put him beneath our feet. And at the right time, we know that your word said you will squash them under our feet, Lord God, and he will be overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we have victory in the name of Jesus Christ. We are victorious, Lord God, and we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, Lord God. And we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, Lord God. And we just want to give you the glory and honor and praise this morning for all that you do. We rejoice this morning, Heavenly Father, Lord God, and let your will be done. And we give you glory and honor and praise this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for healing this land, Lord God. We thank you for your healing power, Heavenly Father, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that all power in the heaven and earth is in your hands. And we give you glory this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, praise the amen. Lord. We're going to have praise and worship now. <laughs> and uh, service over to uh, the folks that do that for us, uh, Sister Dr. Carson and Reverend Roberson.
that ought to get us started. Did you have more? Yes. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Uh, that's Israel. I haven't heard him in a long time. Yeah. He's a very anointed praise and worship man. <laughs> Just a little bit more volume, maybe. Give myself, I give myself to you. Oh. 
refreshing this morning. <laughs> Praise God. I tell you, that Israel is anointed. I haven't heard anything by him for a while, but just to hear the the words of the of the songs this morning is refreshing. We need that kind of worship in our lives because you know when we worship God it takes away all of the sharp edges and all of that goop that we inhale just from the world you know people passing by us in the world leave their imprint sometimes on our spirit and we just need to be free of all of that and just begin to look and listen for the word of God Listen for him to speak to us. Listen to him to get direction. And so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit again. And I'm going to give you a refresher course because God has laid out a plan in the next few weeks when it's my turn to bring the message. We're going to look at the <clears throat> gifts of the Spirit, the power gifts, as well as the administrative gifts. We're going to look at the... Uh, the, uh, uh, the the way they operate in our lives. And so we want to get prepared. And so as a result, it's been a while. So I want to refresh our memories about who the Holy Spirit is and why uh, he's so important in our lives and why we need to have that uh, ear to hear and that heart open to receive from his word. You know, when you begin to speak the word out of your mouth, you get two or three reactions, and I'll just say two this morning. Either people get upset with you, or they listen to you. When you start talking the word of God, and that's what we need to learn in our lives, we need to speak the word of God. We need to speak out the word of God. Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. And so when we allow ourselves to be able to just speak that word, get that word on the inside of us. So when we need to speak a word, the Holy Spirit will give us the word. Because that's what we need to speak out of our mouths. And so before I begin, I want to just pray a little bit. So Father God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for those that are joining us in worship this morning. I thank you, Father God, for waking us up this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the author and finisher of our faith this morning. And I ask, Father God, right now, uh, that you, Father God, would allow me to surround myself with the light of Christ. I cover myself with the blood, and I seal myself with the cross. And Lord, I ask that the ears of the hearers be anointed and that their hearts be open to receive the word of God. And Father God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord God. Help me to speak your word and help me to speak it, Father God, and let it go forth with the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So we're going to uh, talk about, uh, as I say, the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that again. We're going to have our refresher course because in future times, if the Lord uh, allows, we're going to go and talk about 
the gifts of the Spirit, both the power gifts and the administrative gifts. And so we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. So first of all, we want to just talk about what the Holy Spirit does. And so we have a good understanding. And so if it's redundant to you, just ask God to help you here because, you know, the word is never old to me. Every time I read it, I get something out of it. So uh, before we tackle the Holy Spirit, uh, we want to talk about what the name means, Holy Spirit means. And so we're going to talk about the name Holy Spirit. And it comes from Greek words, hagion, meaning holy, and pneuma, meaning spirit. So hagion means, this is Greek stuff, y'all, and I don't do a real good job in teaching Greek, but I can help you understand what some things mean. And while I'm on that subject, if you need to interpret scripture that is Greek, or Hebrew, you can go to Strong's uh, uh, Concordance, and it's online. You don't even have to have that big old book. I got two of those big old books at my house. Can't hardly lift them up, but in the days when I needed to learn about the Concordance, it wasn't on <laughs> online. I could feel snap. And so you can go to the Strong's Concordance online and look up the Greek and Hebrew dictionary, because that's a part of that concordance. And you can research words, do word study, and that kind of thing. And if y'all would come to Bible study, some of this stuff I would be sharing with you at Bible study on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. <clears throat> so anyway, <laughs> the Greek words, because the, we're studying the New Testament, and the New Testament original scripture was in Greek. And so that's why I'm telling you about these Greek words. Hagion means holy, and pneuma means spirit. Pneuma, pneuma means spirit. And so when you begin to study the words and what they mean, that will be helpful to you. So the Holy Spirit is known by a number of different names. The Spirit of God. The Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Truth. Jesus called him the Comforter and the Helper. So we need to learn. We're going to one day do uh, pray the names of God. We used to do that in our, uh, our praise and worship before our praise and worship. We used to uh, pray the names of God, and there are many names that describe the characteristics of God. So we're talking about what the Holy Spirit's names are in the scripture as you study the scripture. And then uh, there are other titles that place him as a deity. You see, we need to understand that deity uh, is God. That's another name for God. So the spirit of God. So the Trinity the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is deity. Now, we do have some belief systems that believe in praying to the Virgin Mary and include her in the Godhead as deity. She was, was not deity. She was the mother of Jesus Christ, 
she was a virgin that was uh, impregnated by this very Holy Spirit that we're talking about this morning, but she is not a part of the Godhead. And I like to say that because sometimes people get confused and try to include her. Uh, she was not deity. She was a woman just like those of us that are female. She was a human like those of us that are human. And God used her to bring forth a holy child. He used her to bring forth Jesus Christ, the man of God, the God man. And so with that, I'm not going to do a teaching on that today, so I'm going to go on. So if we look at uh, John 3, 6 and 8, somebody might want to find that for me. The spirit, we're talking about the spirit. And then we talk about the spirit, which is of God. And so we want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. And I see uh, Dr. Carlson is helping me by putting those scriptures on the screen for you. And that's wonderful. And the Holy Spirit, three. I'm telling you the names that we call the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is Luke chapter 11, verse 13. And the Spirit of the Lord God, we're going back in the Old Testament, Isaiah 61, verse 1. And the Spirit of the Father, Matthew 10, 20. The Spirit of the Lord, Isaiah 63 and 14. The Spirit of the Living God, 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 3. Here's another one. The Spirit of Jesus. Acts 16, 6 and 7. The Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 4 and 30. The Spirit of Jesus. Christ. Philippians 1, 19. The Spirit of His Son. Galatians 4 and 6. So that's about 11 names that I have given you of the Holy Spirit. So we know that he has uh, quite a few different names. And so let's look at who he really is. We're going to look at who he really is this morning. So the Holy Spirit is not vague. Uh, he's not a cloud or a shadow or a detached force. We want to establish that. And then we want to say the Holy Spirit was given to us to live inside of those who believe in Jesus so that they might become more like God and live righteous lives. We can't do this on our own. We tried that in the Old Testament. If you want to go back and see what it was like without the Holy Spirit, go to the Old Testament and watch how the nation of Israel vacillated back and forth and killed a whole bunch of animals trying to keep it together. But that's why Jesus said that it is expedient that I go away, that the Comforter might come. And so this Comforter, the Holy Spirit, with all the other names that describe what he does, came to abide in us. Now, there were times in the Old Testament 
when Old Testament saints were overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. And the word of God will say, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, or the Spirit of God came upon them. But not all the time. You see, but when we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit with us all the time. Because when Jesus left to go back to heaven, to sit at the right hand of the throne of grace, then the Holy Spirit visited visited those saints in the upper room in Acts chapter 2. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of that was that they spoke in other tongues as the Lord gave them utterance. God gave them utterance. And uh, the tongues don't mean foreign known languages. It means unknown languages. And one of these days I'm going to teach on that. But there is so much controversy about that that I must know that that's where God wants you to go with that. Because there is another place where people get so offended. I have a friend and I love her dearly and we've been friends for many, many years. But we can talk about everything but the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because she has been prayed for a number of times, and she has never received. And that's all together another story and another <laughs> testimony. But I just uh, want you to know that, you know, this is a, a lot, the devil uses a lot of things about God to call controversy. So let me go on where I'm going here. So the Holy Spirit was given to us in the New Testament church to live inside of those who believe in Jesus so that we can become more like God so that we can live righteous lives uh, and we can't do this on our own so the Holy Spirit gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control through him and those are the fruit of the spirit but we will talk about them another time so we need to know that we get all of that through the holy spirit and then christians are commanded to walk in the spirit and be filled with the spirit and it gives us the power to produce spiritual fruit that we couldn't produce on our own you see, the trouble with the Old Testament saints was they didn't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. The Holy Spirit would come up on them. And you see, we need to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So when we ask Jesus Christ into our lives, we get the, the full treatment of the Godhead. So the Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, when we talk about uh, in filling, like I say, that's another subject, but we will go back to that at another time. But the fruit of the Spirit, look at this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, y'all, let me tell you one thing. That last fruit, we all need that so bad. And you know the Holy Spirit will help you with that. So I hear people saying they can't help it if they just do this and they can't help it because they just do that. Well, if you want to learn how to help it, then you ask the Holy Spirit to give you self-control. You see, these fruits are here 
for us to help us with whatever we need help with. So uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. That's where you're going to find the, the scripture for the fruit of the Spirit. And the end there says, and against such things there are no law. You see, we need all of that. We need kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And most of all, we need self-control. We shouldn't be flying all over the place telling folks how safe we are, cussing like I say a lot. I don't know who, so I'm stepping on your toes. I'm sorry, but that's what I got to say about that. Profanity is not of God. And if you're doing it, just ask God to help you stop doing it because that's self-control. Letting, letting people trigger you. We need help with that too because the devil is always trying to get us to get upset. He wants us to say things we don't mean. He wants us to show folks how saved we really are by doing the things that aren't, uh, that aren't, don't uh, prove our salvation. So we need self-control. Everybody on mute, say self-control. Don't take the mute off, just say self-control. So against such things, there is no law. So we need to understand that. So who is the Holy Spirit? The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is God in four distinctive ways. So let's look at that. He is called God, okay, the Spirit of God. In the second verse of the Bible, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of God. Where did I say that word? The second verse of the Bible. So that must mean it goes way back to the uh, Genesis. Is that the first place of the Bible? Genesis chapter 1. Now the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 1 and 2. So there we are, right there at the beginning. And he's a part of the Trinity and therefore equal in importance to God and Jesus. So that's why Jesus could say, it's expedient for me to go, but I'm sending you another comforter. And I'm sending somebody who has just as much power as I do. I'm sending someone that can be with you and can be with everybody else that's saved. You see, Jesus was one, uh, when he was on earth, he was in a human body. And we all know when we're in a human body that it limits where we can go, how much we can do, all of that. But here he's giving us the pneuma, the spirit. And in that, we, the Holy Spirit can move among us as he will. That's what the scripture says. And he can help me and he can help you and he can help uh, Reverend Robeson and Dr. Carson. He can help us all at the same time because he is spirit. So the Holy Spirit is meant several times in the Bible as a full and equal member of the Trinity or of the Godhead. So the Trinity is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Godhead is three, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So when you see those terms, you understand that. Uh, and not a man or not angels are ever mentioned as equal to God. Only Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And you know, one of these days, I'm going to do a 
a teaching on angels because people have just such a wrong concept about angels that they want angels from everywhere. Well, I don't want angels from everywhere. I want angels that come directly from God because if you don't know it, Satan uh, was uh, uh, fallen from heaven and when he did, he took a third of the angels and those angels became demons. So I don't want my angels coming from everywhere. I want godly angels, amen? Therefore, yeah. go and make disciples of all nations. This is called the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew chapter 28, 19. That's the Great Commission. That's what Jesus said that we are to do. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our job. You know, people want to tell us what our job is. you supposed to do this, and it's your job to do this. But if you want a job description, you need to get it from God. And his word is the manual that we are supposed to live by. Now, grant you, we're supposed to do some other things. Those of us that stand in the office of the pastor, of the apostle, of the prophet, or evangelist, whatever office you stand in, in fivefold ministry, you are to offer certain things. But your job description comes from God. It comes from his word and it comes from his spirit, the pneuma. And that's who you follow. You don't follow everybody that wants to tell you what your job is. So he has characteristics of God more. And we're going to look at more of that uh, as we go on. He has the characteristics of God. You see, we need to know what the characteristics of God are. We need to know about God. We need to have relationship with God. We need to be connected to God. And all of that takes prayer. It takes study. It takes having a relationship. Being church is not enough. Now, I, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in the church corner in terms of us having, go out being a part of worship service, being a part of prayer, being a part of Bible study. All of that is a part of even having our morning devotion is a part of our developing relationship with God through Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. But what I want to say to you is that you need to know God's voice for yourself. You need to know uh, who God is for yourself. And you can't let nobody tell you. You need to have relationship with God. And then when folks, God will use folks to give you a word sometimes. But you need to know is God, and it lines up with his word. And so the Holy Spirit is there to help us. So the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit is everywhere. He's all-knowing, he's eternal, and he performs the work of God. So these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. We look at 1 Corinthians 2, 10, and 11. Now, I asked for some scripture way back, and I don't even remember 
what I asked for. But I am asking someone, Reverend or Deacon, find 1 Corinthians 2, 10, and 11, because we want to make sure that God has revealed to us these things by his spirit. So when you're ready, let me know. Not ready. Okay, I'm going to go on to the next one, and then you can read that. We'll go back. Okay, so I'm sorry, Pastor. Got it? You got it? You say 2.10 and 11, right? Yes. Okay, so 10 says, but God hath hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, ye the deep things of God. 11 says, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. Okay. Anybody have that in another translation, Deacon? What translation was that reference? Uh, King James. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Deacon, do you have uh, another translation? You're on mute, Deacon. I was about to say, are you on mute? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, we all in off of mute. You ready, Deacon? Yes. It said, uh, but it was to us that God revealed these things about his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and show us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person through a thought. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. All right. So we, the Holy Spirit helps us to know, helps us to receive the things of God that he reveals to us. And you know, one of the things that I like to pray is to reveal the hidden things, Lord. I ask God for a lot of revelation, but I like for him to reveal to me the hidden things. Because you see, we as human beings, we see things in the natural, but we need to learn how to see things in the spiritual. And when the God shows us something, he shows us in the spirit, what is going on. And honey, if we could look around us right now, there are angels everywhere in your houses or wherever you are right now. And those angels are sitting there on guard, waiting for the word to go forth. And when we speak the word, the angels then begin to move to to, to, to complete whatever God's word is saying they should do. And that's why we need to know we want to serve God and the angel. Just any old angel is not good, honey. You better know that they're godly angels. And God assigns us an angel at birth. And so that angel follows us throughout our life. But we're not going to teach on the angels today. We're teaching on the Holy Spirit. So, you know, the Holy Spirit does the work of God. So throughout the scripture, we read of the Holy Spirit doing the work of God. And he teaches us. 
and he guides us and he helps us and he tells us the truth. <laughs> and I love that part because I had a, a pastor in Tulsa just before I left Tulsa to come back to California. And uh, his name was Billy Joe Doherty. And he had a large ministry uh, that was uh, held their services in the Maybe Center of uh or Oral Roberts University, and he held two services, two or three services, uh, Sunday morning because he had such a large congregation. But he was teaching one Wednesday night, and all the teaching that I had received at Raymond, all of the wonderful uh, ministries that come through Oklahoma, and all of that, but that man just had a common word to say that I heard real well and have never forgotten. He said, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us the truth. Because sometimes we're following the devil's lies, but the Holy Spirit will show us the truth. He will make it plain to you. Sometimes you're not going to like it. It's so plain. But we need to learn how to do that. So he teaches us and he guides us, and he helps us, and he tells the, the tr us the truth, and he tells us so much more. You know, when we entertain the Holy Spirit, oh my Lord, well, how glorious. I was so blessed this morning by the praise and worship, just the ministry in song, just the word in song, the anointing of God upon the music. That is a blessing in itself. So we look at Luke chapter 12, verse 12, and it says, For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And it talks about when you, you may be called in the court. Well, sometimes we're called to, to respond to issues, accusations, allegations, and we need to seek the Lord before we do any kind of talking. Because the scripture says, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. See, we shouldn't go out naked. And I call it naked when you're going out without the Holy Ghost. Honey, you are truly naked. You're going out, then the devil will eat your lunch because you ain't got the Holy Ghost uh, uh, activated. The Holy Spirit is indwelling in us. And we need to let him do his job. We let him do his ministry. We allow him to direct us and, and help us. So there are about 17 things that the Holy Spirit does for us. And I may not be able to finish those today. But I want y'all to help me every time I minister. If I'm not talking about uh, sharing what God has said about the Holy Spirit in the next few weeks, I want y'all to remind me of them. So that means you got to pay attention so you can remind me. Oh, Pastor, you supposed to be teaching on this. Hope oh, Pastor, what happened to that? You see, but I, I don't plan to forget. I plan to keep up with what God tells me. You know, it's so important to be obedient to God. And if I could teach y'all anything else, I want you to know. Know the voice of God. Know what his word says and be obedient. The word of God tells us in Isaiah that if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So we have to learn how to be willing and obedient. And that's what's going on right now in our world. We can't get rid of this virus. 
at least the United States look like some of them other places. I don't know how they doing it, but I know how we need to do it. And that is to be obedient to God. He said that if you humble yourself and pray, that I will heal your land. He will heal the land. But we need to be obedient. Put that mask on. That ain't going to hurt you. Put that mask on. Stay your distance. Don't be up in big crowds uh, so that people are breathing on you and passing their stuff to you and uh, maybe you saying, well, I ain't got nothing. Well, if you want to get something, just don't wear the mask and get in crowds and see if you don't get it. One of those dear men of God allowed himself to be disobedient and not take care of himself. He, he, and he died. His church was infected and he died. So you see, I'm not going to let the devil trick me. We're going to have Zoom. Thank God for Zoom. Praise the Lord for Zoom. We're going to continue to have Zoom until this thing gets straightened out. I'm not going to be responsible for people being sick. Now you say, well, you have faith. Yes, I do. And I also have wisdom with it. So we need to understand that. So what is the role of the Holy Spirit? And we talked about the fact that there are many, many things that the Holy Spirit does for us. And we just want to just talk about a few. We're not going to talk about all of them because we've been here for a long time. And you know, my time is running out for this morning. But even long-time Christians might not know all of the things that the Holy Spirit does for us. And what blessings we are given by him. And how the Holy Spirit works in us. Although we know we've been saved, the scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit came into us at the very moment we were saved. And you might not even know that, but might not even know that that's what happens. When you invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord and Savior, the entire Godhead becomes a part of you. And so indwelling of the Holy Spirit occurs when you receive Jesus Christ. Now, infilling of the Holy Spirit is another part of our uh, relationship with God. But we're not going to talk about that today. Remember, I'm not going to talk about the infilling. I just want y'all to know about the indwelling first. So those of you who say you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you're not saved. Because if you invited Jesus Christ in your life, you got the Holy Spirit in you. And he's 